what I know to stay away. What said hand off his box, a box of chocolates? Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. Good evening. I'm going on the assumption that this is a Thursday, and the clock says 6.30, and it's dark outside, so this must be Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And I think I'm Mike. How you doing? Uh, every week on Pandora's Lunchbox, we try to dissect food and culture and how it all comes together in one giant sandwich. And we're going to be talking about just that kind of thing today. Cuban sandwiches, why birds get drunk, all of the, the things you've probably been thinking about all week. But in the meantime, have a drink with me, would you? This is Amos Milburn, and this is one scotch, one bourbon, one beer, and it's on me. One scotch, one Scotch, one bourbon, one beer. Please, Mr. Bartender, listen here. I ain't here for trouble and have no fear. One Scotch, one bourbon, one beer. I don't want soda, no bubble gum. You got what I want, just serve me some Since my baby's been gone, everything's lost I'm on this kick and I can't get off One scotch, one bourbon, one beer One scotch, one bourbon, one beer
says he doesn't want any soda or bubblegum. I'll take the soda and the bubblegum. You can have the scotch, the bourbon, and the beer. Although, depending on the artist, you might get it as one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. I think John Lee Hooker did it that way. The order in which you drink it may make a big difference. Nonetheless, that was Amos Milburn, one scotch, one bourbon, one beer. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. And some news here from the National Geographic. This is an article written by James Owen uh, earlier this week. As if making the oldest known leather shoe wasn't enough, a prehistoric people in what's now Armenia also built the world's oldest known winery, a new study says. Undertaken at a burial site, their winemaking may have been dedicated to the dead, and it likely required the removal of any fancy footwear. Near the village of Areni, in the same cave where a stunningly preserved 5,500-year-old leather moccasin was recently found, archaeologists have unearthed a wine press for stomping grapes, fermentation and storage vessels, drinking cups, and withered grapevines, skins, and seeds, according to the study. Says Gregory Arishian of the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, to you and me, this is the earliest, most reliable evidence of wine production. The installation suggests that the Copper Age vintners pressed their wine the old-fashioned way, using their feet, according to Arishian, juice from the trampled grapes drained into the vat where it was left to ferment. The wine was then stored in jars. The cool, dry conditions of the cave would have made a perfect wine cellar. The team chemically analyzed pottery shards, which had been radiocarbon dated to between 4100 B.C. and 4000 B.C. for telltale residues. The chemical tests revealed traces of malvidin, that's the plant pigment largely responsible for wet, wet, for wet wines. I've already started on this stuff, folks. It's getting hard to speak. Anyway, the malvidin... Let me try this again. The Calvin... <laughs> <clears throat> the chemical tests revealed traces of malvidin, that's the plant pigment that is largely responsible for red wine's color. This is from the National Geographic News. This is written by James Owen. And perhaps to celebrate, well, we had some tragic news to report. This is from the Australian newspaper, The Daily Telegraph. Romanian birds apparently have drunk themselves to death, which is not advisable, whatever the species you may be. Any species listening now, don't do that. But dozens of birds found dead in eastern Romania drank themselves to death, the local sanitary and veterinary authority has revealed. The starlings died after they ate grapes left over from the winemaking process, said the head of the local DSVSA. The cause of death was determined after the contents of the bird's gizzards were analyzed. On Saturday, several residents of Constanta, Constanta, which is 260 kilometers east of Bucharest, alerted the authorities after they discovered dozens of dead starlings on the outskirts of the city. They said they feared the birds had been killed by avian flu, but the DSVSA immediately ruled out that possibility. The incident came after unexplained mass bird and fish deaths were reported in several countries, including the U.S., Sweden, and Britain. So the birds in Romania drank themselves to death. And meanwhile, in a club in Germany, about 75, 80 years ago, knowing this is going to happen, a group called the Comedian Harmonists sat in a bar and sang this song called Let's Have Another Beer. Shall we hear that song now? I think that we shall. The Comedian Harmonists are a wonderful group that was formed in Germany and 
tragically, annoyingly, frustratingly suppressed by Hitler because some of the members of the group were Jewish. What a jerk. Total jerk. The comedian harmonists are heroes of mine. And let's have another beer with them. Kinder kommt und seid doch friedlich, danken könnt ihr euch im Bett. Ich hab noch das Geld für die Miete bei mir, der Hauswirt kann warten. Herr Ober, ein Bier! Erst trinken wir noch ein, erst trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Jetzt trinken wir noch ein, jetzt trinken wir noch ein, und dann machen wir eine Pause. Und in der Pause, da essen wir eine Wurst, denn nach so einer Wurst kriegt man immer wieder so Dann trinken wir noch ein, dann trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Wir hier, wir hier, oder egal um. Kinder, ach, wie schön war's früher, da hat man doch noch gelebt. Heut kommt der Gerichtsvollzieher, der blaue Vögelchen klebt. Doch fleckt er auf weg unser Prachtgrammophon. Das Lied, wo auch ankommt, das kennen wir ja schon. Jetzt trinken wir noch ein, jetzt trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Jetzt trinken wir noch ein, jetzt trinken wir noch ein, und dann machen wir eine Pause. Und in der Pause, da ist mir eine Wurst, denn nach so einer Wurst kriegt man immer wieder durch. Hm. Dann trinken wir noch ein, dann trinken wir noch ein, und dann gehen wir noch nicht nach Hause. Oh, good heavens, good heavens. Thank you to the comedian harmonists. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is, let's have another beer. I don't speak German, but I speak beer, and that is in that language, and now we know. That is on the the Pavilion Records label, a recording by the Comedian Harmonists. Coming up in 20 minutes, Arwolf will help us to face the music. In the meantime, I've been a little obsessed with Cuban sandwiches lately. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, specifically, a kind of sandwich called the Cuban sandwich. I almost had one in Tampa about seven years ago, but missed the chance even though I was in Tampa. But had my very first Cuban sandwich finally in Ypsilanti at the late lamented Oasis Cafe on Washington Street in Ypsilanti. Now, BZ's is in its place, and that's that's mighty good. But I am happy to say that there are other places to get Cuban sandwiches. They are spreading in the area. And 
I want to refer to a, an article in the in AnnArbor.com about the news that came out earlier this week that Eve the restaurant is closing. It's closing on January 16th, which is this Sunday. Eve, the owner of Eve the restaurant, spoke to Paula Gardner in AnnArbor.com. And Paula Gardner says that after seven years of operating the restaurant from its location on the north side of Kerrytown, Eve announced late Sunday on Facebook that she'll be closing the restaurant. You can read more about it in the article, but she said the decision frees her to concentrate on two goals, healing from a back injury from last year, and also building her new restaurant, Frita Batidos, on West Washington in Ann Arbor. And the other news from this article in the AnnArbor.com is that Zingerman's Deli is going to take over the space held by Eve the restaurant, going to use the kitchen for food prep and the dining area for meeting space, but it's not going to have seating for the deli itself. So Zingerman's Deli is expanding. That's another story, though. We'll, we'll certainly get to that. But about those Cuban sandwiches, which are available at this Frita Batidos place, and, well, it starts with the Cuban bread. And according to Wikipedia, the earliest U.S. bakery to produce it was most likely La Joven Francesca Bakery, which was established in 1896 by the Sicilian-born Francisco Ferlita in Ybor City, which is a Cuban and Spanish and Italian immigrant community in Tampa. A traditional loaf of Cuban bread is approximately three feet long and somewhat rectangular crossways as compared to the rounder shape of Italian or French bread loaves. It has a hard, thin, almost papery toasted crust and a soft, flaky middle. <laughs> I'm going to go weep. I'll be right back. So the Cuban sandwich you know, the Cuban bread is an important part of this Cuban sandwich. And one of the distinguishing factors, I think, is the fact that it has roast pork and glazed ham together in the same sandwich. So it has those two flavors mixing together. Sometimes it has salami, but we'll get to that in a minute. It also has Swiss cheese, pickles, and mustard, and it's on Cuban bread. Wikipedia says the origin of the Cuban sandwich is somewhat murky. Really, so many things in our lives are somewhat murky, but we do muddle through, don't we? Around 1900, the sandwich became a common lunch food for workers in both the cigar factories and sugar mills of Cuba and the cigar factories of the Tampa neighborhood of Ybor City. By around 1910, however, workers' cafes in Cuba, Ybor City, and Key West were serving many such sandwiches daily. In Cuba, where it's more commonly known as a mixto, the sandwich was served in kiosks, coffee bars, and casual restaurants, especially in the big cities. Cuban sandwiches are now served in various Cuban exile communities in places like New York, New Jersey, Chicago, Puerto Rico, among others. And you can get it in Arbor Ipsy sometimes, too. Now, here's the thing. The main, the main regional disagreement about the sandwiches recipe is whether or not to include salami. In Tampa, Genoa salami is traditionally layered in with the other meats, probably due to the influence of Italian immigrants who lived side by side with Cubans and Spaniards in Ybor City. In Miami, salami is left out. Sometimes mayonnaise, lettuce, and tomato are added. Those additions are often available in restaurants in Miami and Tampa, but they're frowned upon by traditionalists there. Here's the key thing, though. Cuban bread should be eaten soon after baking, as it tends to go stale quickly. In Ybor City, it was said that after 24 hours, Cuban bread is only good for breading a deviled crab. And there you go. It can also be frozen, however. But crucially, stale Cuban bread is the preferred weapon of choice in protests performed by the Conch Republic. That's C-O-N-C-H, you know, the seafood. The Conch Republic, 
According to Wikipedia, the Conch Republic is a micronation declared as a tongue-in-cheek secession of the city of Key West from the United States on April 23, 1982. It has been maintained as a tourism booster for the city ever since. And you can go to Wikipedia and see the national flag of the Conch Republic. It's got a blue background with 10 stars. It's kind of asymmetrical. There's four stars on one side and six on the other. And there's a sun in the middle with lovely sun rays coming out. And inside the sun is a conch shell. And it says the motto on the flag, We seceded where others failed. <clears throat> so there you go. Um, yes, so about the Cuban sandwich, that, that's all about the Cuban sandwich. In the meantime, there are some drunken birds that are hopping into the studio. They're looking a little bit deranged, and they're in the mood to hear some Sun Ra, specifically a version of Sun Ra's Pink Elephants on Parade from the movie Dumbo, but done by Sun Ra, and it goes a little something like this.
Looks like the birds are waltzing out of the studio, and I think they're going to be all right. Yes, that's right. You know what happens. Birds get drunk. Sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes it's okay. Well, that was Sun Ra and his orchestra, and that was Pink Elephants on Parade, which we all know, according to, is it the DSM or the DSMR, whatever that big fat booklet is, that that's what you see when you get drunk? Pink Elephants on Parade. Well, that's the story. Anyway, it's official and um, it's medical. So we've been talking about Cuban sandwiches and restaurants in transition. You really have to admire people who open a restaurant and work really, really hard on it and sometimes have to make big changes. Well, speaking of big changes, Cafe Luwak in Ypsilanti has closed. The good news is that is going to be occupied very soon by somebody else, uh, by a couple opening a place called Cafe Ali that will open on January 20th. That's a place that has had Cafe Luwak before unfortunately closing for a variety of unfortunate reasons. Before that, it was Shram's Deli. Before that, it was Tucker's, a grandson of Mr. Tucker of the automobile fame, ran it. And before that, Miller's Ice Cream for a long time. And I think some people still call it Miller's. But it's going to be officially Cafe Ollie on January 20th. Speaking of Ypsilanti, not far away from that area in Depot Town, on Saturday, January 22nd, Rat Fest is going to happen at the Corner Brewery. The Corner Brewery is inviting local home brewers and home brew clubs to come in and brew small batch specialty beers that will be showcased at a very special tasting. That the place will offer over 20 brews, and you can find out about that at arborbrewing.com which runs the Corner Brewery in Ypsilanti. And the information on that at that website, Ratfest is going to be Saturday, January 22nd from 2 to 5 p.m. And what else? I think we have a... Need to take a moment. We've had a lot of... Uh, a lot to ingest here, a lot of intoxicating things to ingest. We need to wake up a little. Here we go. Here's big coffee news from the best coffee in town. Instant Hills Brothers Coffee now comes in a 10-ounce jumbo family-sized jar. If you think that's news, listen to this. The big new 10-ounce jar of Instant Hills Brothers Coffee is selling for 20 cents off regular price. That means you're getting a lot more coffee at a real saving. And that bigger size saves you extra shopping trips, too. Less chance of running out. Now, the big size and the 20 cents saving are important, sure. But the best news is that Hills Brothers makes the heartiest instant coffee going. The taste and the smell tell you that this is delicious coffee. So head for the hills right now in the big 10-ounce jumbo family-sized jar and save 20 cents in the bargain. Okay, so he wants you to head for the hills in a 10-ounce jar. Got that. Okay, things must be going well in the world that... We need to head for the hills in a 10-ounce jar. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and coming up in just over five minutes-ish, Arwolf's going to help you face the music. But first of all, just to mention, the USDA has published a proposed rule today to update nutrition standards for for school lunches. The proposed changes would add more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, fat-free and low-fat milk to school meals. They're based on recommendations released in October 2009 by the National Academy's Institute of Medicine. Schools would also be required to limit the levels of saturated fat, sodium, calories, and trans fats in meals. So, just to ponder a moment about school lunches and school lunch box menus, because this is, after all, 
Pandora's Lunchbox, brought to you by the National Lunchbox Council of the nation nationally. There's just a couple of great school lunch menus to take you out from the Good Housekeeping Cookbook in 1944. Example of some school lunchbox menus. I'm going straight to number six here. That is VI in Roman numerals. Peanut butter and minced raw carrot sandwich. Mmm. Peanut butter and minced raw carrots. Whole wheat bread and apple butter sandwich. Celery hearts. Baked cup custard. Sponge cake. Cocoa in a vacuum bottle. And here we go. Um, A salad of mixed vegetables in a container. This is number five, Roman Roman numeral V. Pimento cheese sandwiches, or it says here, pimiento cheese sandwiches. I don't want to know. Hot water gingerbread. I love hot water gingerbread. A banana and milk in a vacuum bottle. And shall we go straight now to four, that is IV, Roman numeral IV. This you may take with an IV. Cold sliced lamb and lettuce sandwich. Currant jelly sandwich. Currant jelly. Mm. Raw carrot sticks and celery. Layer cake with orange frosting. Now that's a nutritious meal. And milk in the ever-present vacuum bottle. All of these ideas can be gotten at the Good Housekeeping Cookbook in 1944. So go back in time and check that out. This has been Pando's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Drink carefully, especially if you're wearing a bird costume. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Let's go out with... The Great Lakes Smith Society and the Queen of the Barley Fool. Like I said, drink carefully. Here goes. I know you're drinking down at the Barley Fool. Oh, the wind blew in through my window and spoke of you. We spoke of heartache, whiskey, and grenadine. I drink the Great Lakes dry, man, but I can't keep up with the queen, 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 queen of the bar, queen, 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 queen of the barley full. I hear the jukebox playing the Smithsonian folkway tune. Surrender is hard.
It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Face to Music, Fletcher Henderson Orchestra with Fats Waller. <laughs> 